Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm Thomas Miller. We love answering your questions. And Robert, we've got one today that we might not have thought of on our own. Hi, Thomas and Robert. I'm calling with a super weird question. In fact, it's so weird there's not a thing written about it online anywhere. I have a pet bird and I've always calculated her birth chart based on when her egg was laid. I'm wondering though if it should be calculated from when she hatched. I also definitely believe in pet astrology, and I'm curious as to whether you think our souls might have been pets or animals in the past. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what, that's such a great question, Robert. And you know what it points me to is, obviously, we're talking about the accuracy or the reality of a point of origination, which astrology is built on and based on. So, which came first, the chicken or the egg? (laughs) I happen to love this question. Pets are incredibly important in some people's lives, in many people's lives. Uh, Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Personally, I would have chosen the moment when the bird hatched and not when the egg was laid. Because as long as it is encased inside of an eggshell, it is exactly the same as being still encased inside of a womb. You're contained in some something else when you break the container and emerge from it as you do through the uterus and birth and snip the umbilical cord that's the moment where your individuality is really technically born and so it would be to me the moment of hatching there's a reason people feel a kinship with pets pets are ruled essentially by the sixth house in astrology Now, you hear, and I've heard many clients think of their pets almost as children, and they want to place them in the fifth house. Under no circumstances is a pet animal the same as a child, no matter how much emotion you feel for it. So in orary astrology, for example, there is no circumstance under which you would read the fifth house for a pet's health. A pet is not a child, even though you may feel very much that same kinship. And so this idea of have we been born as a a parakeet in a former life or a pet cat in a former life, why not? Why not? I mean, you have to realize that the soul, very much like God itself, has infinite incarnations, infinite. And we are part of that greater soul, all of us, and all living things, and all seemingly non-living things like mountains, all of it. All of these are manifestations of this underlying soul. So, yes, we could have been pets as a former life, and in this time, I just had a wonderful New Year's weekend with a a couple that I, I knew the couple, but I had never met their dog before, a dog named Meg. And the minute I walked in the door... Meg and I had this incredible relationship over New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, just a remarkable dog. But that's an emotional connection that I I happen to like animals, and that's my sixth house, my psychological self-integration, the sixth house, which rules health in astrology and dis-ease, a state of dis-ease or disharmony. Um, So the sixth house rules both a person's innate psychology, no matter what their sun sign is, their innate way of integrating 
all the parts of themselves. So their innate psychology is ruled by the sixth house. Oddly enough, it rules small animals. Technically in astrology, anything that cannot be handled by one person is considered the twelfth house, a large animal, such as elephants or lions, big cats. One person can't manage those. So they're technically in the so the twelfth house technically rules horses, but so does the sign of Sagittarius, and so does the planet Jupiter. So so for a bird or a cat or a dog or a typical house house pet, you would look to the sixth house. And there absolutely can be, and often is, usually is, a deep emotional connection to that pet. Even uh, I've had this. I used to have a, an aquarium, Thomas, a 150-gallon saltwater tank. And I swear to you, those fish, you're not supposed to touch fish. It's not good for that. But you could stick your hand in the water and they would swim back and forth in your palm. So, and, and I would walk into my place and this, this aquarium was in the foyer and, and they, they greeted me like a dog. They would rush to the side of the tank where I was coming in. So, of course, you get it. And then when you have to clean a saltwater tank once a month, <laughs> then you get a really visceral connection with these fish. So uh, there is a connection between a pet and, and human psychology, and there should be. There should be a bond there for you to care for an animal from the time it's time you get it until it dies is a responsibility. And uh, it's it can be tremendously emotionally rewarding. I've had, I grew up with horses one at a time, but we still had a horse and we had a little corral. And so I was responsible for feeding the horse. My sister, too, she really loved horses. And we had collies. We had, we had animals. So that's, uh, I think, it's a wonderful question. Thank you for it. You're writing a book on past lives, and you did the course for Kepler on past lives, and you talked about <laughs> the two houses where you would look for the, the past life connections in the chart, being the ninth and the twelfth. If you were looking for a connection with a pet like what she's talking about here would you also bring the sixth house into a past life exploration yes if you wish and here's how there are two places in the the birth chart to look for past lives one of them is the 12th house and that's the pretty standard location for past lives the theory being that every angle starting with your ascendant is preceded by another house. That would be your 12th house. And that's the house that led up to your present life in the ascendant. So that's that theory. If you get deeper into astrology and you get familiar with the triads, and Mark Edmund Jones does a really beautiful job of explaining these triads in his book on Orary, but the ascendant and the ninth house and the fifth house are what is called the ascendant triad. And again, each triad is composed of an angular, succedent, and cadent house. And in astrology, angular houses are always the present. And the succedent houses are always the future that is evolving out of that present. And the cadent house is always the past that has evolved into the present. So the ninth house, esoterically, and this is on a little bit deeper level, the ninth house symbolizes, by the sign on the cusp and the planets in it or the ruling planet, symbolizes the past life theme that has led up to the present life at the first house. And the fifth house in your natal chart shows you 
the future life theme toward which you are evolving. Now, you can do this consciously the more you get into astrology. But if you look at the ninth house, which I always do if I'm doing reincarnation, I look at the ninth house and I see something like, all right, you've got Virgo in the ninth house. It's ruled by Mercury. You've got uh, Jupiter and Mercury in Virgo in this ninth house. And so this past life begins to, first of all, it's ruled by Virgo and Mercury. Well, they happen to be the natural sixth house rulers in the natural wheel that starts with zero Aries. So Virgo and Mercury in anybody's chart rule pets, among other things. So interestingly enough, I have Gemini on my sixth house of pets, and I have Mercury ruling that conjunct Jupiter. So of course I love pets. I've always loved pets. And then you can go further, Thomas. You can say, if you go back and look at, say, my ninth house um, with Virgo there, pets in that life will be shown by the sixth from the ninth which is my original second house, all right? And so that house in my chart happens to be ruled by Aquarius, which is both Saturn and Uranus. So if I wanted to pick out pets that I might have had a karmic relationship with this in this life, I would look to see where is my, where are my Saturn and where are my uh, Uranus. So you can really begin to say, and I can do that and have done. I had a really deep connection with a collie dog, that when I that I grew up with, wonderful dog. And wow, we had I'm, several dogs. So uh, anyway, I don't know if that provides food for thought or not. No, it does. I love that uh, derivative taking it to the second house. That's where you would find the current connection if you wanted to. Yes, explore. That. If you look, yeah. if you if you mentally place the house that rules this past life that you're looking at, place that mentally on the first cusp, and then you look to the sixth house from that house, and that'll be pets in that life. And you can see, oh, okay, well, here's where that pet comes into this life, if they do. Well, I hope our listener got her question answered. <laughs> I think that's a great question. You know, the, the point of origin, too, is something that always in astrology you have to take a look at and make sure. Is this the exact point moment of the beginning of this entity, whether the entity is a person, a company, a marriage, anything? What is the moment of that origination? Oh, you know, on, on that note, I'd like to ask you this. Somebody gets married. They meet with the county, the, the, you know, the government officials on Friday, and they get married on Saturday. So the minister pronounces them husband and wife on Saturday at 2 p.m., but on Friday at 10 a.m., they signed the documents. When were they married? Simple question. When was the marriage legal? Now, if the church were a legal organization, it would be then, but it isn't. So the marriage documents, if they're signed before the, the ceremony, it still is a legal marriage, whether they have a church ceremony or not. So that's secondary. You see what I mean? Yeah, totally. And that's I'm, I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly what I would have suggested as well. And that brings this question. I was thinking about this relative to a company. So if somebody wants to look up the stock chart for the chart, for the astrology chart for Apple, they go to traditionally the way they would do this is go to the first day that Apple was traded on one of the public exchanges and at that time, uh, when the market opened, let's say it was 9.30 in the morning, 
on that date would be the official accepted birth date of that company. But I've always argued, and this is, that's a time that we can find because that's obviously published by the stock exchanges. But when Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak signed those original incorporation documents would be the original time of Apple's birth, would it not? And that's a time that you're not going to find. It's absolutely true, and it's, it's the, t the date and time of incorporation. That's what you want. You can find the date, and this is why so many, what is it? Is it uh, Delaware that so many companies incorporate in because they're, I forget which state it is. Not Delaware. It is, yeah. Uh, but so it, it's the date of incorporation, not the date that the stock is first issued. When, when the, it's like a marriage. When the corporation is a legal entity is when those corporation papers are fined. Are, are, are signed. I guess some of the financial astrologers figure, well, if you're looking at the company from a financial <laughs> perspective, and that's the time that you have, if it's either used the time that they were first listed or not. No, 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 Thomas. Here's why I have to disagree with them. Because in the natal chart for a human being or a corporation, and if you don't have a time of birth, you use a solar chart. In that natal chart, will show the stock market potential for that for that company, namely the fifth house. So, to me, if you're going to be serious about this stuff, the corporate entity is born when the corporation papers are signed. All right, now its its viability on the stock market is an entirely speculative matter that is related to the birth of that company. And that's that company's fifth house. And if they have a lousy fifth house, the stock's not going to do well. For very, I mean, it may rise and soar, but then it'll crash. Look at crypto, you see. So the initiation of that, of uh, Friedman, what, what's the guy's name? I mean, the crazy guy that defrauded crypto is uh, now headed <laughs> for anyway the, that the guy, guy Sam Bankman Freed. Thank you. And I think the company was FTX. Yes. So if you look at the date that FTX was set up as a company, it would show fraud and it would show its potential for crashing. That has nothing to do with the time its stock or whatever, in this case, stock would be issued. That's a separate thing entirely, but it shows in the birth chart. I don't have a good chart for gambling, by the way, and all gambling, stock market or craps in Vegas, same thing. It's all speculative. Yeah, so if you took then the, uh, you, you're right, you can find the date that it was incorporated. Obviously, the company publishes that probably in their investor material. But uh, if you did that, and then what you would put it as, as a solar chart, right? Because you're not going right. to have the birth time. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, thank you for this, and I do hope that that question was answered for our listener. If you'd like to check in with Robert, Go to the show notes because there you will find a link straight to his contact information that you can set up a reading if you would like to do that in 2023. And also in there, the YouTube channel and our Discord channel and a plethora of resources as we update them as things develop with the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <music>